I, I'm pretty sure I've retired from summarizing duty. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. Oh yeah. So I guess this is this is um, a throwback episode topic and panel, but we're doing more of the current format because that's what my okay. notes are already in. Yeah, we'll just roll with it. I'm, so the yeah. only thing I guess that you might not have done recently is I'm going to ask you guys what else you have read recently that is not this. That's oh, that's a, perfect. A and ties into my compliment. So perfect. great. Yeah, so I don't actually have a compliment section planned. Let that's me, fine. Maybe we, we don't could, need it. Maybe we could it end with that. It. it does not, but I think maybe... End, I don't have anything prepared. Anyway, we'll, I'll, I'll feel that out, but maybe ending with a compliment. Yeah, no, I, I feel like we should definitely... We, I think we should start with the compliment. I, I want, I want, I want a little bit of that old, old school flavor if we can get so it. So the the difference is like, uh, if I had thought of that an hour ago, it would be different. But like, I don't know if I can change mm. all of the format and come up with new content now. As, oh, you're not like Alice looking into the future and perfectly planning <laughs> I it. I should have. <laughs> this is the knot. The diff- it's the knot. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta get Let's into go. it because okay, okay. I am we're gonna go. I'm, dying I'm, over I'm, here. I'm gonna drive the bus. You guys continue to. You guys, we're we're just rowdy kids. This is like a reunion. Yeah, yeah. keep know? making. Keep no, making I'm like that fucking Mike Newton. Just excited about it. Justice for Mike Newton. <laughs> Oh, that little dweeb Mike Newton. No, I hope he dies, nice thinks Edward. His dad owns a sporting goods store, and Edward is a snob. Yeah. Edward hates I him. I was so surprised to learn Tyler Crowley, that... I'll tell you that much. Wait, so are we now believe that Mike Newton is popular? Because that's what uh, Edward's no. brain brain reading said. Now no. he, he's not only popular, he's like also like a mean pervert. Yeah, no. Like, that's no, okay. the new history. Well, takes one uh, to know one. Uh, here's a newsflash. <laughs> 17-year-old boys are all mean perverts. Move on. Yeah, well, you know? that's true. Uh, but, yeah, I, that was the revision. That's like, Stephanie Meyer was like, finally, I can go back and give Mike Newton what for. <laughs> also, Jessica, Anna Kendrick <laughs> is know. pretty nice. I know. Up is down, left is right. <laughs> but, like, it's like... 17 years later, I finally revisited my original work and righted the wrongs of making two... Unimportant high school students, nice people. This this is actually my favorite thing. Where it's like, I feel like she like. This is the thing. Was like, you know, I. This is what keeps on bringing me back to this book. I have to change the way people think and feel about Mike Newton. <laughs> oh, what a terrible thing! All right, well, let's do the fun part now. We've done all the hard yep. part. Let's do the fun part. So you know, Alex, canonically, this is the this is the other sound. This is the Twilight uh, opening book uh, sound in my brain. What? And why did you wait till right when it was my turn to talk? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Premonition. Alice Powers. <laughs> Evening meat suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a podcast that used to be about books, and for one day only, is again. We're returning to our roots in a classic throwback episode. We have a classic panel, a an updated version of a classic topic, and we're going to do it in the new the new style. So we got, it's going to be an interesting mix em up. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. This episode is brought to you as all of ours are by is brought to you by our generosity and questionable taste of our fabulous meat buddies who joined our fancy new patreon campaign you can join them and keep this show limping down the tracks <laughs> by going to metreon.com and thanks everybody who supports the show we really appreciate all of you all right so let me introduce you to this fabulous uh, panel this reunion high school reunion it feels like of oh angry perverts <laughs> uh joining us in northern california it's mr ezra fox uh 
I am only 100 years old in a creepy way if you think about it. But if you don't, <laughs> it's a-okay for me to watch I usually sleep. don't think about it, but if you could just call everyone who is ostensibly your age, age a child over and over and over again, it makes it hard not to think about it. You're all oh, but did you notice the switch when Edward stopped thinking of Bella as a child and started calling her a woman? <laughs> Complete with an H. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was a woman, but her body was never noticed, you know? Always... Except for when she was wearing that turtleneck. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That... Boy, he likes that, that yeah. sweater. shirt we really Oh, like. man. Oh. <laughs> of a woman with, with oh. Edward. Oh, man. Also joining us in Brooklyn, New York, uh, not yet a woman, but not still a girl, it's uh, Mr. Chris Smith. <laughs> Hey everybody, great to be back. <laughs> and of oh, yeah, course, too much. It's just like if if you can read minds and a girl seem you you get nothing from her, she's more likely brain dead than superpowered. <laughs> no, so I was I was actually about to like defend him on this because I get it because this is the same reason I go to JJ Abrams projects. It's just they're sling in a black box. You don't know what it is, and you just keep on checking out for a while. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, you'd think in 600 pages there'd be a new insight about that black box, but it turns out you don't have to, actually. The you black box smells pages. good? Is that not just, enough for you? <laughs> you can just keep sniffing that box. Listen, they've been making the same Fast and Furious movie for like, <laughs> I don't know, eight I mean, years? A long time. Uh, a long time. Uh, so, so speaking of um, common sequels but never yet achieving the power of the original... Uh, we have our fabulous uh, uh, late addition to season one of the podcast. It's Tanya Smith, also in New York. Hey, dude. Hi, I just put in a CD of violent music, so I might be checked out for a while. <laughs> yeah, ready to rage. What did you? Okay, quick game. What did you imagine he put in the CD player? Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit's a good guess. Ooh. It was like 2005, right? That's when that was? Sure. No. Could have been. Yeah. Or I you think know they what? said in there. Yeah. System of a Down is great because it has the operatic portion, but also the oh. violin guitars. Or what yeah. about the one with the girl singer that was also still kind of screaming? I think you're Evanescence? thinking Evanescence. Evanescence. <laughs> Evanescence. Evanescence. I feel like that's that's highly appropriate. I also feel like that was like still like kind of clean despite being full of feelings. Uh, pretty, pretty non-secular music uh, disguised as secular music with really loud guitars. Yeah. You know what? Right. I imagined it as straight Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> he seems like that type of guy to me. My? Yeah, I feel like Rammstein might be a little hard yeah, for Yeah, me. when he really wants, <laughs> he really, when he needs to get some feelings out, he listens to some yeah. yeah. I would have enjoyed I my my thought was that it was just that all of his music, if you actually like it's got whatever label he put on it, but all he has is um classic Halloween jams CDs. Oh, like like they did Sweet. like Monster Mash? Yeah, exactly. Or so he's like, I'm gonna put on some angry sounds music. Of the haunted house. It was a monster mash. <laughs> just a bubbling I, cauldron for eight hours. No, seriously though, I have a record, a vintage yeah, yeah, record yeah. called Sounds of the Haunted House, and it is just like squeak, Ex- and sometimes there's like a dog bark. Absolutely, and that and is what you listen to. Straight fan. fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rounding out our panel today, uh, the Sounds of the Haunted House owner, um, our, <laughs> our uh, established vampire love expert at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter, now back in Los Angeles, <laughs> it's Sarah Hathaway. Hi, guys. I'm listening to my Linkin Park CD that my stepdad gave me, and I'm just eating my favorite candy, black licorice. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to oh, she's relatable. the most chaotic character. I forgot how much Bella is 
just the author who is not a teenager. I, yeah, I, I will. Truly. I was going to allude to that in my summary coming up here. Well, you still can. I can, and I will underline so, it before we get to uh, this week's topic. Um, this is part of our new season three. Is just a quick catch up with you guys. Where what with what? Normally, when we're watching a movie, I ask you what else you've been watching recently. But since it's a book, I think we should ask what else have you been reading recently. Um, so. Chris, would you would you start us out? What else have you been reading besides six hundred pages of new old Twilight? Oh yeah, of course. So um, you know, my philosophy book club and I uh, just finished reading On Style by Susan Sontag, and mm. it's a collection of essays that uh, really talk about uh, art and literary criticism in terms of not just content but uh, as style, as as artistic voice. Well, so let me and ask you so, a question because yeah. all a couple of us uh, spent a good deal of time studying yeah. with the same classes in college. Do you feel sure. like your college uh, philosophy degree? Uh, how does how do you feel like it prepared you for philosophy book club compared to the other people in that club? Um, about the same. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's yeah. good to know because I feel way be I would be so embarrassed to go to a club like that because I would be like, look, we spent a really long time on like page six, but I didn't read the rest of the book. That was like yeah. all of our classes. No, no, no. I, I, everybody asks the same type of annoying questions <laughs> of the text, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, but you That's know, it was fun. really interesting having that comment, you know, that contrast there between Sontag and Meyer, um, because <laughs> Sontag talks a lot about meta theater and, uh-huh. and the American tradition of meta theater, how, how we don't have tragedies, um, uh, because only the Greeks have true tragedies cause they're really nihilistic. Mm. Um, but in America we believe in characters and they have this meta theater. You watch characters go through things and the meta theater of this book mm-hmm. was, uh, staggering because it not only presumes that you have already read or watched Twilight, but also that you cared enough to watch the same thing, but from a worse and horrible bland male perspective that yeah. doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was just it, like so the, it was, the struts were all showing. It helped you, know? you understand why this was happening or maybe made it worse. Uh, you know, it revealed the assumptions that are in place and just how necessary they are for anybody to try to even enjoy this work, mm-hmm. where it was just like... What are we doing here? Um, Tanya, what else have you been reading recently? Oh, sure. Uh, I think since last we met, I've read just like a metric ton of romance. uh, And then also (gasps) I've been chasing that. More than a book a week, I think. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tanya, I want your recommendations. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to have that discussion. Give us a brief Um, preview of it right now. Well, sure. So um, let's say the the last romance that I read that I really deeply enjoyed it was called boyfriend material by alexis hall that was great um and and then i i through a series of things i won't even get into i ended up reading a lot of one direction fan fiction so that's where i'm at we've all been there it's good but also guys people be writing and not publishing and doing a great job wait wait are they all called one dickrection no. One erection? <laughs> Why did you get so complicated? <laughs> Nary a one, let me say, um, has gone, has stooped to that level. But I, I really like the like, fan. You know, I like the erotic fan fiction bi-directional. Uh, wow, that was really uh, fun. That yeah. was eye-opening. Sure. So, uh, what I think what I'm saying is that I've become well versed in what I will uh, tidily refer to as steam. And uh, this has an utter lack of it. No, it's so unsteamy. It's steamless. So steamless. I, as steamless as the cold skin on Edward's face. I, Have you heard he's cold? 
I understand. I like like neck kissing could be steamy, but when you repeatedly call it throat, it takes Oof. a lot of the fun out of it for me. <laughs> Do you imagine? Can you tell? Could you imagine? Yeah. Just like also, I can imagine a throat. <laughs> <laughs> With all the accuracy of a heart rate monitor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what else have you been reading? Have you had? Do you have any steam that you're versed in recently? Ooh, um, I've read a, a a lot of a lot of good steam recently. Um, but for the time being, I'm going to recommend something totally different, uh, which is a good thriller. Oh. One of my favorite authors is Tana French, who yes. is this incredible Irish author. Oh my god, I love her. So I've been reading. Her most recent, which is a couple years old, but I hadn't caught it yet, called The Witch Elm. Um, And I'm only a few chapters into it, but it's fantastic. If you like brainy mysteries, I'd say she's like your go-to writer. What is the main character's occupation? Uh, He worked in an art gallery, but he was attacked during a burglary and has a traumatic brain injury. So currently his occupation in the book is just trauma oh interesting <laughs> full-time job why did um, i laugh yeah. so heartily at that that the laughter was for sarah <laughs> um so so he's not a cop he's just like a no because normally she does write she has a series um that follows a different uh detective mm. from dublin and everyone and like every case just has a different protagonist oh interesting um, but this one is her first one that's it's a standalone it's not in her uh. other series and it's just about a, a civilian and this horrible fucked up shit happens to him and okay. then it sounds like some more fucked up shit is gonna happen <laughs> to him but i haven't gotten to that point yet i just love her so much she's um, so great i i'm so i'm super into this my i love uh, a good mystery uh, and i but i've been just not feeling hanging out with cops that much recently in books and so the idea of them not being cops would be kind of fun not a cop mm-hmm. is better right now for me as far as my enjoyment level yeah um it really derailed yeah. me, it turns out, because like most of what I was reading was cop-based, and then I decided I didn't like that, and it's been really hard to replace. Um, I, the only interesting thing I've been reading that I can actually recommend is that uh, my wife and I have been um, trying to catch up on some Shakespeare we missed as kids, and oh. we are um, we kids. are reading, well, in high school when it's assigned, I guess. Um, they were child. <laughs> or children, I guess, is the more proper <laughs> They were child. <laughs> <laughs> Look, back when I was born, that's, that's what we called them. We called them childs. Our, our most loquacious <laughs> panelists. Um, anyway, we've been so we've been uh, we've been out loud reading uh, Shakespeare plays together, um, oh, wow. where we trade off characters and such. And um, uh, Megan is very like forthright in her reading as herself, and I do exclusively cartoony voices for the other characters. And so huh. Hamlet wow. sounds a lot like Megan, whereas the king sounds a lot like this. He's like, oh, I've got so much fun stuff I'm going to do with you, Hamlet. Anyway, it's a fun contrast, wow. and I enjoy it. <laughs> the plants love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what I've been doing. We, d- we read The Tempest, and we're a little bit disappointed by it, and we've been reading uh, Hamlet. Oh, I love. Really? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, we can't turn this into a Shakespeare it's, podcast. Well, especially because I am unarmed in this discussion especially compared to this panel i would be very embarrassing for me but it the the tempest really does go uh wrap up very quickly uh it it 
So do all his plays, honestly. Yeah, it yeah. just it that felt dude. Dude was like, let's just end it. Everyone's hungry. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and, <laughs> endings are hard, you know. That, that's how it Pretty felt. Sure, Is everyone's it, drunk. Let's it, go. It yeah. was short. It was short and ended so abruptly that it felt like it didn't have a lot of. It didn't breathe a lot, but there's some fun things in it. But it just was. But Hamlet, we're having a good time with. Hamlet, Hamlet's pretty good. Yeah, Hamlet's pretty good. I've heard that. If you like a dramatic ending, boy, well, Hamlet has you covered. I'm assuming everybody, uh, it works out fine for everybody. We haven't gotten there yet, but um, yeah. we're about to start the fifth act, and I, I feel like, I got a good feeling yeah, about these got people. As, oh yeah, it's pretty good. What else have you been reading? Uh, so I've been reading uh, Ibram X. Kendi's Stamp from the Beginning, so I don't think anything oh, cool. quite says 2020 except for uh, lacing 600 pages of Twilight uh, Redux with 600 pages of this nation's racist history uh, while <laughs> sort of like <laughs> trying to put your kids through homeschool uh, uh, and, and making sourdough bread, and that's that's where I'm at. How are these two things conflicting in your head affecting the way you're running homeschool? Uh, and by that I mean specifically this one, not that one. How has Twilight affected your homeschooling? Uh, I'm just happy that like he's away from all their students because they seem like garbage. That's that's my read of this. As a rule, yeah, those the small town high school kids are all terrible. Yeah, Wh- who's the one good one? Angela. Angela. Angela, oh, Angela. Angela is nice, Angela's- but tall. And it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Her struggle is that she's tall yeah. and boys are short. Yeah. And, and her boyfriend school. Eric is also nice and has no physical characteristics whatsoever. <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, all right. So let's get into it now. This week's topic is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer, uh, released just a, just a month or so ago. Uh, just to torture us. Just, <laughs> just because someone a year ago said, I bet this, this decade can't get any worse. And Stephanie Myers, <laughs> you like, love to see it. Hold my beer. So, I mean, it was technically already released back in 2009 by a mischievous writer's assistant somewhere. But um, after many years of silence, she decided to revive her Twilight bank account by release, re-releasing the full version of Midnight Sun. Um, why are we doing this? Is the normal question in my script right here, and it's usually mm-hmm. up to someone else to ask. And now it's more of just like rhetorical. Why are we, we doing this? To. I I feel <laughs> I was like, hey, I saw this press release and I'm gonna start I this really like train a rolling. Yeah. And I you know, you guys can be mad at me. I will take full responsibility for Done. it. Well, I wouldn't have been except you sound like this was the most fun for you. And so the fact that it was I so I had a hurtful. great time. <laughs> My big reveal is that I had a great time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that I love this book. Listen, it is impossible to love this book because it's it's it needed an editor oh is the kind God. way of saying it, I think. Yeah. But like, listen, I was at my parents' house reading a Twilight book. <laughs> I could pretend like I was younger and more full of optimism <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. I, yes. I, I can chime in a little and I agree in that this was this wow. was the most comfortable kind of discomfort I've felt all year. Wow. Uh, I feel like familiar. this book single-handedly ruined my birthday. Wow. Oh. Well, okay. you put it off for like a I month. I forgot. Dude. No, yeah. I, we had a lot of time and I had it all mapped out how I could just do a little bit e- each night for a while and not like lose everything. And then I... Yeah, as long as you never deviate from that schedule. I fell behind and so I had six hours left to uh, accomplish... Oh, you guys did the audio book. I did the audio book, oh, yeah. which is... No, I read it off the... With the off eyes. my phone. Yeah. yeah. With my eyeballs. So, I, I read it with my eyeballs as well because I'm a faster reader than I am an, a listener. Same. I, I mean, same. that's true for me, but I can... I can do more dishes while listening than reading. So 
It's like it's longer time, but it's better time. Maybe? I like the idea that you've just put no that you're just like putting like the the paper bag like just like under the water and like sort of like flipping through and like just kind of trying to drown it. It's not gonna work. But. <laughs> Tell me the next chapter. <laughs> no, um, it was yeah, so it was 25 hours on the audiobook, and so I had done a lot of work, but I managed to get in with six hours remaining uh, yesterday noon and pulled it off a heroic effort over the last 24 hours to be prepared for this but Good it did job. it did eat into my birthday day uh, so of what you're saying is the real uh like life thief is procrastination not vampirism you would like honestly i have been procrastinating on things before i know what it feels like this wasn't like oh i don't want to i just forgot that i was doing it so it was more just like i don't know better to-do list keeping anyway it's a sad time i had a really sad time with this i am not pleased but let me begin tedious at the end that is that is true yeah well and i wanted to skip ahead and so i did a google of like what are the reveals what's different in this that i need to know and they were like it's all towards the end and so i could i like should have skipped the early part but it yeah it turns out still nothing but it's it's not really that it's like sentence for sentence almost exactly the same oh but, but twice like, as long how did she manage but you get logistics okay. but you get logistics yeah. Yeah. in terms of uh alice faking bella falling out a window which is still and forever the funniest cover story it's i've ever heard it's just and purest wilderness her logistics yeah. for that were actually okay that it was an okay there's there bright spots i um, like that as the, yeah that's the trial <laughs> alice's trial and error approach to 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 covering up uh yeah like uh, a crime of crimes yeah yeah, yeah that's fun all right so for those of you who have not read Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. I'm going to do what I do for all movies and books on the show now. I'm going to give you my patented three-sentence summary of the work. (laughs) So here is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer in three sentences. Number one, Edward is an emo pedophile vampire living in Forks, Washington, who has the power to read minds and uses it exclusively to ruin minor characters and sit around a high school for no reason. He meets a new girl named Bella who has the personality of a middle-aged Mormon woman and smells so delicious that instead of eating her, he decides they should date. Their love unfurls without any challenges over 600 pages that don't reveal anything not in the 200-page version, including a brief plot towards the end where a vampire tries to kill Bella, and just like Bella, Edward isn't there for it. It's pretty good. And that's the book. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. I can't believe she managed to do that Isn't really that violent crazy? conclusion twice without the any... Whole, like, one of the... Th- if you're like, look, there's some things wrong with that's that first incredible. book. I have a few things I might... Like, one thing that's not very exciting is that she's passed out for the whole conclusion. Let's actually have Edward be there. Nope, he's gone. He does watch it later on tape. <laughs> but he but watches not even like, the boring bit. Yeah, on. it's off camera. It's like there's a really there's an awesome fight. There's like basically yeah, there's a, a badass like you know uh, like Marvel universe uh, finale just just off camera. Basically, you get an elbow every once in a while. It's yeah, so like the top of weird. Emmett's head or something. Like it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that's actually here we go though. Yeah. Emmett. Yes. Emmett in Midnight Sun, I really, w- he endeared himself to me. Yeah, so Jasper yeah. Jasper got worse, but Emmett got better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think, like, my read of this book is actually, if any other two characters had been the center of the story, I think it would have been quite enjoyable because anytime <laughs> we got far yeah. away from either of them, it was pretty all right. Like, it was I way mean, better. The one thing yeah. that I thought I could count on was we're going to get a lot more about the vampire family. And no, <laughs> no, she's not interested no, in that not. at all. And like what I thought was, OK, so they're going to high school for a cover story. So we're supposed to believe mm-hmm. 
that should have homeschooled. <laughs> oh my god. We're supposed to believe that like a third of the day, every day, is them just being in a cover story. But I mean, okay, makes, fine. Yeah, and not eating the cover story. Like <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely insane. I think any place is like accommodating to people who follow state guidelines for homeschooling so or like simple. alternative schooling, right? Like they could have just done that and people would be like, well, that's that weird family, but they already think they're weird. Yeah, but so also if they're like, be, we have a home Montessori or whatever, you could no be, one's gonna bat you could be a hot young looking 22 and not in high school like there's so many there's no so much more troubling when you realize that like Edward before was like basically Dexter uh, and just killing bad people where he's just like you know what I'm gonna use all these powers to smell high schoolers and that's gonna be great I thought but what I thought was I was like this I mean I this is I think we were too nice about early on and there's some other things we were too mean about but one thing we're like this cover story of him being in high school is so upsetting and problematic and gross but I thought you know what look he's still got two thirds of the day where he's not in high school where he's doing vampire shit with his vampire friends yeah, he's a, he he doesn't sleep. It's not that he's a vampire who sleeps during the day. It's yeah, that they never he never sleeps. Sleep. So you might think let's fu- let's let's see what he gets up to at night, huh? And that doesn't happen. Crafts. Ex- they all do crafts craft. in their own separate rooms of the house, which is funny. <laughs> Admittedly, it is funny that it they're is, like it's everyone good. has projects. Like Alice designs clothes on touchscreens. Uh, Edward composes piano. Fun crafts. Um, I agree. Rosalie sits around and thinks about herself. But that's and Emmett not... designs cars. Yeah. I-, I love it. But it's yeah. not, and what does Jasper it's do? Not, Who cares? It's feels not a plot. he feels and he makes other people feel too. <laughs> There's no plot. They don't do anything. No, it's so no. slow. You know, and just to make him like a vaguely, you know, like just emotionless. It's not, we thought maybe we'd get in jokes. We'd get the bants, the yep. chats yep. in the words of Love Island. And no, we got no, none of that. Nothing at all. It, none of it. I mean, it was, so the, it was horrible. So the main thing, when we've, we've danced around this a little bit, but so if we, I think, that one of the main things everyone would look at this. In fact, the, the pro project. Let's let's redo a book I wrote from a different perspective. You'd think, cool. oh, interesting. Which which let's I've hear. already redone from a different gender. <laughs> right, right. I forgot well, about that. To be fair, oh my God, this, I is, forgot a, this about is a that. thing. That's right. This is a thing I that exists. This is an existing <sighs> format. Like, the, the, it Wait. is a format in the romance community. And to do the, like, yeah. the switched mentality? To do the, to do the other side of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, I'm, so what I'm saying, I'm not saying that's a terrible plan. What I'm saying is, so if you're going to do that, the thing everyone's looking for is, what's the insight on the other side? And so yes. that is, I think, what we're all going in with. And so I was sort of assuming our main discussion would be like, what's new, pussycat? But then there's like... What do we get? So what is our insight? Is it just that Edward sucks more than we thought? Well, he's a mind-reading vampire who (laughs) cheats at mind-reading in order to read the mind of a future-seeing vampire. So not only does he, you know, know all thoughts around him, but he knows everything that's going to happen to anybody. Uh And he spends so much time describing the minutia of weird, pointless logistics that we never get inside his head. And in terms of a romance, we never see... The love that's there, no. you know. Well, we do no. hear that they are in love over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and that yes. the fact that she's rewritten this book twice now it makes yeah. so much sense. Given that what the book is is just re like rewriting the same scene over and over again. Like the one thing she has is stick to itiveness to the one thought. It just keeps yeah. happening and happening and happening. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be with you. I could kill you, but also I'm in love. Over and over okay. and over well, and over and over and over and over. 
So I will say that switch just like flipped suddenly and there was a little bit of hand waving. He's like, oh, she's just a really good person. So that's why I like her. Sure. Yep. Uh, she has no personality, but sure. Yeah. Um, but like, it's, it's uh, I'm like so mad about that. I just but lost why my would you? Why would you make him so much work? Like we're hanging out in his head for 600 pages. Why would you make it such an unpleasant place to be? I, yes, I exactly. I think it's because she doesn't like us. Charisma in a hundred years. That's <laughs> yeah, what I don't understand. He's supposed to be so charming. And right? So, you, like, yeah, you're magically charming. <sighs> no. Well, okay. Here's a big beef. Spectrum me. <laughs> <laughs> a big beef I have with Edward is how he talks, and this is an issue I had with Twilight before. Is like she really wants. I think. Our girl Steph really wants Edward to seem like this sort of hero from a more romantic age, like a man out of time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the way that she has him talk is very stilted, sort of faux, like Victorian almost. He doesn't speak at all like a teenager from the 19 teens would speak. Like people from that era talk like we do now. Yeah. It's not like they sa- they use like full words, no contractions, yeah. like quaint turns of speech like he and, does. No. And it doesn't make sense. It, it does make him seem older, but it also makes him seem no fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he's supposed like, to be, the whole thing, I mean, Alex, I know that in your summary you said he's a pedophile, but like, if he's supposed to be frozen at age 17, you know, and permanently have sort of the the desires, the personality of a 17-year-old, this is the most boring cardboard human being ever. You know, he has no spunk. Yeah. I want no to light. refer to, I want to, I want to return to the fact that he is, without our potential argument, a pedophile, undeniably. But I want to focus on his personality for a little bit longer. But because he, he's, he's, so he's got no contractions. Uh, he is no, like, no fun or interesting thought passes his mind at any point. But he also just like sits and ruminates on anger for so long just even when we open on the book before he meets her he's just sitting in a corner just saying that high school is a purgatory and you could be anywhere else in the world you're fucking magic like you're magic and you have infinity money you go do something how is it that this is what you've chosen for yourself this is is you yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip a beat here and say like this is actually again a great thing where it's like it, it really shows that like vampirism like just to, to to whoever you start out with vampirism just like you know it turns it up to a hundred right uh, and if you suck to begin with you're just gonna suck in a more impressive yeah. way uh, I mean, you know, with all the these key. powers we learned he just, that he he just, he just he sucked at a human level before yeah. and mm-hmm. now he has his two secret powers like reading minds and sucking. Yeah. And so you know what's weird is I thought we would get more about what he was like as a human. Yeah. And I know I know that he says like you don't really remember that much and and I guess but I'm like what was even his deal? Like we don't even get a sense of like socioeconomic he, status. Like was he a, a laborer? Did he, did he almost yeah. have to go serve in the war? Like there's yeah, nothing. He hates the He flu. died of the Spanish flu and that's all we get and that he had a mom. He had a mom um, and a dad. And, and <laughs> The most interesting parts of the story, actually, I thought, were Edward's flashbacks to his early vampire days. Mm-hmm. Also, in the just... audiobook, they occurred without warning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> in the middle of other things. Yeah. 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 How exciting. But, like, that was like, okay, there's, there's a little bit about, you know, his mindset. And we get, he is definitely a more frightening 
character to a, to a degree. Everything yes. has an asterisk, but he's more frightening once you actually hear his backstory of how he's like, then I murdered this man because he was thinking about kidnapping a little girl. Yeah, and you're thought, like, okay, that's pretty crime, dark. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting yeah. story we could have spent yeah, he some was, time he was a, on. No, he, he did become a precog, I guess. But uh, I think the thing is that is important to note is that this is absolutely the kind of person who was just waiting to get the flu and die. Like, this, he had nothing going on. <laughs> uh, dark. I was like, hey, man, you up? And he's like, actually, yes. <laughs> I also feel like Bella is worse in this version, if that's possible. We get an extended version yeah. of the scenes where he asks her favorite things. And, like, she, a 17-year-old oh. child says, what of her favorite authors? William Shakespeare. Sure. That. that sounds like the sort of thing you would say to impress your super old seeming crush. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, pretentious yeah. and annoying and it makes her even say, less though, fun. In in a baffling turn, when he asks her about her favorite flowers, she says dahlias for looks, lavender and lilac for fragrance. The most mature woman answer I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Also, happy dahlia season. Oh, happy dahlia season <laughs> to you all. Uh, well, just taste. with your eyes, not with your nose. One of the things also I think, I mean... I, the minutia of her likes and dislikes, I, I could care less. But the thing mm, that I think made wild. Bella, I know, right? <laughs> um, but the thing that made Bella, I thought, interesting, at least potentially in, in the the OG, is that we get her interior. You know, we get that she's super horny for this dude. And she's frozen <laughs> to the point of inaction because she's she's horny, but she's scared. But she's horny, but she's scared. And that's sort of like an interesting like tension. But from his perspective... He can't see into her head, and she's just not doing anything and tripping on rocks. Yeah. And, like, you know, right. you took anything that was interesting about Bella, which is all interior, yeah. and you've obfuscated it, and there's nothing there. And so know? she's like, I'm horny, but I'm scared, but I'm horny, but I'm scared. And he's like, I'm angry, but I'm horny, but I'm angry, but I'm horny. He's, he's not, not even. He's not even horny. No, he's, he's not. He just knows pretty much everything on her from the chin down as lines and, like, form. Yeah. <laughs> like in this way that, like, an uncomfortable stepdad would. You know what a 17-year-old sees? Boobs. Yeah. I see boobs. He's, I was like, he, he died at 17, right? At one point, he <laughs> actually says that he, like, never thought he would feel anything that the way that he feels about his brothers and sisters. And I was like, but you died as a teen, didn't yeah, you? You didn't, like, get a, you didn't get a single boner before 17. He's never been horny ever, <laughs> even as a vampire, which in the Twilight world is established. You're mega horny when you're first turned into right? a vampire. Right? Yeah. And it's really, really odd. Yeah, right? and you have to believe him as a reliable narrator because in this book, for some reason, he has perfect reason recall yeah yeah which oh my is, god yeah except for a number one. Oh yeah exactly but it's just like what yeah. you know, you've what? given him clairvoyance uh secondhand future telling and perfect recall all he does is describe things oh, too sure. many powers like, uh, like this gemstone it was true that she often had trouble staying upright i remembered her stumbling into the desk that first day sliding around on the ice before the accident staggering against the low lip of the door frame yesterday how odd they were right she was clumsy <laughs> oh my god oh my god i laughed so hard when i got to that point and he's like i've been so distracted by her gigantic reflective eyes that I didn't notice her eating shit every other step. <laughs> her like tripping over her own feet to walk across a room. I, oh, a character who every and time. Meanwhile, you learn you notice everything about Mike Newton. Maybe <laughs> you're obsessed with Mike Newton. You ever think oh, about that? Shit. Oh my god, that's why he hates him so much. He wants to do Mike Newton. You don't oh, hate Mike yeah. Newton. You hate yourself. Yeah, for not doing Mike Newton. Uh, you hate the game. But no, he. The, how funny would it be to have a character in a movie who falls into every chair she sits down on, like yes. who just hasn't figured out sitting normally? That would be very funny and distracting. 
just sort of cultish awkwardness or is a tiny alien piloting a human suit <laughs> right and it's just hard to control both legs at the same time you just yes. don't have enough hands yes the fact that she's like when when uh she has her her accident uh so the doctor calls her mom it's like which one uh, the, at which, the end oh, the, I was it's like say which the was doctor that supposed to be air quotes was that why you sounded like yeah, a weird yeah, villain yeah because okay. it wasn't a real yeah. accident they faked it but when they're like oh yeah she tripped down the stairs and fell through a plate glass last window and her mom was like oh yeah yeah cool cool like yeah uh, totally under- sounds like bella that's her whole personality is like i read old lady things and also i fall all the time i'm basically dead i i mean i I don't know if you realize this is like one of the most cool reveals I think of this uh, book was actually we have a real tangible reason why this is happening, why all of this is happening, why we don't like Bella, and it is not Bella's fault. It's actually Jasper's. Okay. What? So, what? Yes. Ex- explain this. So the Edward's brother Jasper, who can control emotions. So basically, right? We have we have uh, fast forwarding ahead. Uh, Everyone is going to play baseball. They make a big ruckus. They bring they, uh, some other bad vampires come by. Uh, James uh, is is one of them, who's a super bad vampire. And uh, basically, Jasper's whole play, all right, is he's gonna like I'm gonna just like send out emotions specifically to make sure that uh, Alice, Esme, and Bella nobody notices them. And this is specifically what what he says, uh, what 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 Edward is saying about the whole situation. All right, let's hear it. They couldn't cut through the sense of overwhelming mundaneness to look at her closely. She was just one among many, not worth examining. All this book, the whole thing, Bella being born, Jasper is just doing it to us, right? There's probably an interesting person, but but Jasper is shielding Bella's interest from the reader. And yeah, that's- so to be clear, that was not the narrator just describing Bella. That was her him describing how Jasper makes people think about Bella. Mm-hmm. Which is going on this whole time. But it was how we were feeling in the real world the whole time. necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Ez. That's a very good point. Um, is there anything else that I'm missing? What is actually... What are the big takeaways? Is there any like? Is there anything yeah. important or new or cool? Sarah, Tanya, you guys seem to have a, a better time with this than maybe yeah. the rest of us. Yeah, maybe the eyeball What's readers well, retained better. That's interesting. So I do think that Steph was trying to... There was a little bit of revisionist history in this sure. to me. So one of the big problems I have with Twilight, the original text, um, is that Edward keeps... Te- like, he jerks her around so much, right? Yeah. Like, they kiss and they're like, ooh, how hot, how steamy, so horny. And then she's like, well, not steamy, as we've established. Right, right, right. And then, and then he, like, like throws her away. Yeah. yeah. And, and like- he, like, throws her away and he's like, don't you can't want me like that. You should leave me. And I'm like, that's really rude. How dare he jerk her around like that? In this one, you get the, he's like, oh, that's just what I have to keep telling her. Like, I'm actually thinking the exact opposite here because she's so cool and good and nice and I don't want her (laughs) messing around with me. But I have to be rude to her so that, you know, for her own good. Uh, I I can't say that she earned that. No, no, no. I don't think she earns it at all. But it's. It, I feel like she read the comments a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she takes this. She takes what I guess. It's confusing because we don't. We're not really able to tease apart like the the lust for Bella's physical form that we assume he must be struggling with, even though there's almost no <laughs> evidence of that. From, but we can't tease that apart from the like thirst that he says he's experiencing for her super. Wonderfully smelling, tasty blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like the 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 thing that we spend a lot of time with is how she smells, 
um, including like a point at which he like uses her socks as as a oh, yeah mm-hmm. for the tracker because uh-huh. he like takes her socks with him so yeah. that he thinks that she's in a duffel bag. Listen, the true heads know. Um, uh, but where, where I'm going with all of this is like we spend so much time with him repressing his reaction to her. Th- to the smell of her blood and this like thirst that is consuming him. And yeah. it's often described as extremely painful and like burning his throat. Yeah. And he thinks of it as like a, as a, as a heat burn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So like he's a, constantly engulfed like in flames whenever he's like within smelling <laughs> distance of her. Um, and that sort of becomes the, the struggle <sighs> that we know that he is embodying whenever they are like physically proximate to one another. Um, and I guess we're supposed to take that as like, you know, why he acts the way that he does for so much of this. It um, really, it and then there it, is, of course, the threat of pulverizing sex. Right. That's the other, yeah. That's the other do, yes. He does allude to the fact that he would fuck her to death. But There's then, just a casual you know, mention just, of that. It's so inconsistent, though, because he says, like, I could go to, like, touch your face and accidentally crush your skull. Yeah. But then other, other times he plays a piano, which I assume he's not spending the whole time trying not to, like, pulverize the keys. Like... I just don't know. Out back when. behind their beautiful modernist glass home is just a pile of pianos <laughs> that he is like octave to death. He got like hella distracted and like suddenly was like inside dun, the dun, like, dun, dun. wooden casing. Yeah, like, I thought oh, it was no. mezzo forte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah oh, it's, it, his such powers, a good point. while they are absolute, are extremely inconsistent. Every time yeah. Alice is using uh, the touch screen to design her clothes, she has to avoid putting her finger through the iPad. It's very it's just, or like driving a car, like any of it. Why do they drive? I love it. I love that they all love sports cars, and we get to know the make and so model of every car. Yeah. Gosh, I went through. I like highlighted all the cars because there's like, how is this still happening? Like, why? Why? Be- because and then he's are- detail oriented to the point of boring. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. This is there's an amazing. There's just like so many amazing, confusing moments where you're like, wait, but why? Like, I couldn't feel any strain in the SUV, but I knew the danger now lay not in engine failure. It would take a lot to compromise that German-built tank, but in the integrity of the tires. This is during a chase scene, guys. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, the chase scene. Can we actually talk about? I was like. Oh, we get an action scene at the end with the car thing on the freeway. Oh, yeah. And then it was so boring and mostly just involved <laughs> describing the cars he was driving around. And then they stole a woman's car, and I was so traumatized oh by like, how they handled that. They're like, we drugged that woman and left her on the side of the freeway. I was like, I guess she's in the shade, which is good because this is Phoenix. Like, <laughs> It's, it's 118 out, but at least she's in the shade of that cactus. And not only we hear in like insane detail every car that they actually steal, but then he also evaluates several other cars that they end up deciding not to steal. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to hear about like the max speed of all these other yeah. cars that they're just <laughs> passing on the roadway. It's like, as though we're, we're the entire books. thing in far too slow of a motion. <laughs> so like, oh, it's oh, like yeah. if the entire thing's in bullet time, it's like, yeah, this chase scene is going to be cool in like three hours. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, just, he thinks so fast. He has a part-time job for Kelly Blue Book, and this is he's getting in the extra work that while makes he's sense. Yeah, double billing. looking at the other vampires becoming a vampire does not make you a genius becoming a vampire doesn't give you perfect recall or any of these like, other abilities it feels like it's spawn spawn con it's like product placement for the idea of cars I, yeah. it's like cars bought several minutes of this book 
Uh, okay, yeah. I want to I add a couple of things that, that we kind of blew by. One, I like to think that anytime they're trying to be intimate, they're actually wearing those like inflatable sort of like giant uh, like bouncy ball things you use for like... Oh, you the know, sumo suits? Yeah, no, suits? but like the ones that are like more the hamster ball ones where you use like soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, sure. Uh, Alice, anytime she's doing any touchscreen stuff, she's actually having one of those number one fan giant foam gloves as well. <laughs> <laughs> those would be good for the intimate scene where he's like running the, 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 the index finger along her throat. <laughs> <laughs> and also the people they stole the car from specifically they waited to see who was the worst person in phoenix to do it from where it's like this oh, person man. was probably going to commit no, a that, crime that cayenne had a stick figure family of six on the back window <laughs> i don't know if you guys remember that but, oh, but yeah, then right. he was like stressed out about how many people they were gonna have to deal with and he's like thankfully it was just a woman with a ponytail also <laughs> if you if you want to know ezra all you have to do is turn on the new show on quibi worst person in phoenix no, really? No, but there it'd be a show. I'd pitch that. They'd buy it. <laughs> Take that. Worst movie. person also, in Phoenix like, sounds like a, a, a fake show from uh, uh, Thirty Rock. Anyway, go ahead, Tanya. Oh, I just want to. I don't know where this even belongs, but I just also wanted to point out that when he and Bella are separated and she's under the care of like Alice and whoever else, no. he texts that <laughs> Bella needs to eat at least three times. Every I, I did hour like that. Period. <laughs> and hydration is important. She should have water on hand. These are genius Ideally level perfect recall people who I was like, I was thinking about them being like, what's this human yeah. need? Yeah. And just like putting her on a bed next to like some uncooked hot dogs and like They like know, it, bright indirect light and they like, like fertilizer know. every two to four weeks. You know all of these immortal beings attend high school for the most part, and the ones who don't practice medicine but on humans. Yeah. Like, what There's are you doctor. talking about right now? <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, oh I so I want to come back to this for just a second because I feel like uh, one of the things that, that's always bothered me about this series is that he's literally a hundred years older than her, and the I we we get that his body is frozen in time, but that does not matter i don't think uh i don't think that the key is like your like your body looks 17 that's not the excuse uh for this raging pedophilia thing happening but the fact that he constantly refers to her and everyone else in high school as children like not as a joke but also just like i can't stand being around these children and then he decides on a children that he's in love with and it's like oh, well she seems mature for her age it's so much it's always been creepy and i feel like this was the chance to make it not creepy by emphasizing that he really is 17 in so many ways. And instead, yeah, this book she, seems he like... He has the mind not, of a child. She yeah. didn't do the work. This Early know. uses of the word sophistry did not help us feel like he was a young man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She like leaned into him, into the creepy age difference, and it does not feel good yeah, to me. It, this is Vampire Lolita. Yeah, yeah, without the charm. Yeah. Uh, it's so creepy. Huh. Um, well, you I, don't think Humbert's got some charm? Yeah, was, I mean, the, the, the I don't think Lolita really wanted to kiss him. No, well, no, no. Anyway, no, to be fair, bad it's turn. Oogie, but it's so, <laughs> this is so oogie. But then the other thing is that when he focuses so much on the burning in his throat and the smells, it also reminds. And he also talks about how he is the perfect predator. He thinks maybe God invented vampires as a predator for humans. Like all he's doing is reminding us that he is trying to kiss his food. And I just keep getting hit over, like, he says it's, like, heroin or whatever, but it's clearly he's, like, sitting next to a plate of sizzling bacon in class and just can't stop thinking about how hungry he is. And so then when he's, like, we're going to get married and I'm going to fuck you through a bed, it's, like, that's your, it's just a plate of hash browns that you're talking about putting on a bed and destroying. (laughs) 
And your problem with this is? <laughs> I'm so creeped out. So what out. you're saying is you're not fucking your bacon? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, smash that bacon, Alex. I, <laughs> um, I think the lady doth protest. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually one of the interesting things about it. Like, uh, So, I mean, I'm looking back at, you know, the when we posted this in 2009, uh, like, this was, uh, I think. Wow, guys. I know. <laughs> I know. Ouch. I know. Uh, this was a good way to spend a decade plus. Uh, I think we all feel good about our life choices, uh, for sure. Uh, but if I can get like more real, I guess the thing that I didn't understand at the time, uh, that I think is like interesting now, um, you know, having gone through a bunch of like relationship changes, uh, like, you know, at, at, at well, you know, so like at marriage basically. Right. And then like having kids, um, there's an mm. interesting thing where it's like, uh, there's definitely like fear around like not wanting to blow up the good thing you have. And uh, that's like the only I think reading of like uh, it's not like a safety thing I think for Bella the only reason I think that makes sense is like oh Edward's like deeply in love with her as a human right and the smell specifically and I think there's a, a real fear where it's like hey if she changes I don't know what this is gonna be like I don't know if I'm gonna like her I think is, is that that's the thing mm. that makes sense to me where it's like I, I don't mean, know if I'm ready for this change. All she had to do is get a blood transfusion and he was like I barely know you. <laughs> that's that's actually a good point. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's an okay point. He's also trying to have sex with his food. I mean, he's not having to. He's not trying to have sex with her though. I he's know. mostly trying to like run a finger he's, along he's some trying like, exposed part of her skin, I know. and she does dress quite. Oh my god! What so if, usually it's like a wrist. <laughs> it's not her arms. I'll tell you that. Even her prom dress, which okay, actually, oh, can, can we, we do a small sidebar on the clothes? Can we do the clothes in general? Yeah, yeah. Would oh, be my please, question. Please. Of course, any conversation about Twilight clothes must start with whatever his shirt was in the meadow, because I tried to picture that so many times, and my imagination stopped dead. Was it was uh, it sort of a was it a sleeveless tee? It's sleeveless, it a sleeveless right? Sleeveless yeah, button up. But then a camel, it was a button up. Oh, a sleeveless button up. A sleeveless button up, yeah. but then a camel sweater <laughs> over it. Yeah. Yeah, this is and they this were is dressed the same. Nonsense. <laughs> and they matched, and they matched, and they they were wearing like the same sweater, and they're like, "Teehee, I, we dress the same." And I was like, "Neither of you are dressed for hiking." <laughs> and I was like, "Is this in the fan art? Did you guys all draw them in the same outfit?" And also, Chris, take that back. BTS no, I know, would I know, never. I know, they would never. <laughs> I just meant, you know, at some point has at least one of those wonderful Korean men worn a sleeveless button-up. And made it look like a million fucking dollars. (laughs) They're they're the only people who are allowed to. No one else is, let alone this, like, dead nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Edward... (laughs) Edward's like... Okay, how do I really scare her into not being so horny for me? I know, I'll show her how glittery I am because girls hate glitter. And then he's like, great, I have my perfect like little slut shirt to wear to the meadow to show off all my skin. Because there's, there's that weird part where he's like, I hate showing my skin, but I guess I have this like sexy little number Alice found for me in the 70s. I love that he was like, I rejected it immediately, but then hid it in the back of my closet for Because you never know. Because yeah. you never know when you're going to need a, a, a sleeveless button-up. <laughs> oh, there's so white many shirts. easy ways to show. Like if you just wear a t-shirt, she'll see a lot of your arm. Also, just, dude, just take you your shirt off. Shirt I mean, off. yeah, you could have. Yeah. You could just, just open some buttons. Boom, you see chest on fire. Also, that you would have, be you have infinite money. Just buy everything tearaway. Or make your own tearaway. Well, yeah, or just tear the, the sleeves off and then deal or, with it. You I have mean, infinite just, like, money. Unbutton your shirt without thinking about how much force you're using, and I guess you'll just shred it. To <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, he can't unbutton shirts. <laughs> yeah. He just 
Every time he pushes it in, he pushes the whole shirt through the buttonhole. (laughs) So, like, they obviously dress very boring all the time, which is canon. They're, like, all about the neutral colors or whatever. And, like, only button-ups under sweaters. But then... Uh, I was like, oh, maybe Alice will look cooler. No, her stuff sounded kind of boring, too. But then at the end of it, she styles Bella for the surprise prom. And this dress, again, cannot picture it. That It was... Uh, it's there was it's like the Homer Simpson car of dresses. <laughs> it was, uh, the thin chiffon was ruched and ruffled to provide a semblance of modesty, but it still clung to her skin in a very distracting way. Well, that is that don't fit. <laughs> that's, that's static. That's static. Yeah, I'm it's not. Get some of that spray. The spray. I don't understand clothes, but it's doesn't ruched to her lines? Just help me. Isn't ruched and ruffled giving it some dimension? Wouldn't that be pushing it away? Like. Yes. It's not fl- yeah. Well, we'll it be gathering the fabric. But yeah, like but then it's also cling- ha- it's, like- it's off the shoulder, but it has long sleeves. <laughs> yeah, it does have long sleeves <laughs> that are sheer. And I can't, I can't picture it at all, which is why I think it's really funny and charming uh, that in the movie, because I googled the movie one. In the movie, they just gave up and like gave her a sweater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. In the movie, I was like, wait, doesn't she wear like Converse or something? Like I genuinely, yeah. Yeah, which and leggings, which feels so much more case do than anything else. Yeah, like that's it's like Kristen. What can we talk you into? It's like Kristen. We're gonna like you in a few years. Just give us time. Um, I will there. say yeah. the tale of two different shirts is also alarming to me. Like the 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 blue shirt versus the like the baggy shirt where he's like the baggy shirt is oh. better for my virtue. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, that blue shirt's too blue. <laughs> too blue. It makes you look like milk. I can't handle it. <laughs> Oh, the skin stuff. Oh, so much skin stuff. I, I did not care for how much he fetishized her pale, pale skin. Yeah, it's yeah. not great. There was a lot of love for like super pale. Like some might even say printer paper pale. <laughs> um, but <laughs> also that like at, uh, experiencing any emotion, she immediately turns bright red, which I was like, well, this seems uh, like some sort well, of Well, yeah, Also, he can like <laughs> see her veins all the time and like in a way that, I, I don't know, maybe it's good, good for him. What? It's just good plating, right? <laughs> she's a sandwich, attractively laid out. I guess so. Yeah, she's been well food styled. I, it seemed like maybe she was actually, instead of skin, was made like as a salad roll. That's what it felt like oh. to me. Is you just saw carrots going everywhere, and he was super into the carrot. He'd be like, "Oh, there's a little line of carrot right there. I can tell. I can see it get close to the skin. I can see it flush." Very un- un- unhorny for me. Very unpleasant. Ugh. Do you I, guys? Yeah. Do you guys re- was- realize this is basically the seventh episode we have done about this book? Yeah, I, I guess eighth, that. actually, because we did three on the original book, one on the movie version of this book, one on the gender-swapped version of this book, a revisit where we just read the book again, and then we also did an episode where we talked about our book, which is a parody of this book, and then also now we're talking about this version of this book. I'm, I mean, yeah. we're getting near. You've been in it. Yeah, well, we've, we've been brain, in it. My, my brain's been cooked in the in the <laughs> sous vide bath of Twilight, to the point where I was like thinking back on this book, and there's a there's a joke that you guys have in uh, in the Mummy book, mm-hmm. Unwrap My Heart, available uh, on sale now, um, yeah. anywhere that finer books are sold, but mm-hmm. um, where the, the dad always burns all the food. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was yeah. like. I thought that was a Charlie thing, you know? Like, oh, you I, go, I this was, no, no, we we improved the thing. That's what you're forgetting. Yeah. This was not. We weren't. <laughs> yeah, just, no, no, no. We we but made him yeah, better. 
We've done this book so much, uh, but you know, when you got a good thing, you know, and you just want to hear some. Uh, everybody listening to this has now been listening to nearly an hour of our collective outrage at yes. this book, and uh, I hope it's fun. Yeah, um, yeah. the thing on Charlie, was... that was actually one of my favorite bits of this one. Um, yeah, because Charlie's good. Charlie's great, and also we have a decent reason why, like, why basically, like, uh, Bella's brain works bad. Um, so, well, like, this... okay, decent. We have an, we have a reason. Yeah, you know, and it's an explanation, right? So basically, so uh, we learned that basically, like, uh, that that Charlie has a bad case of like mumble brain, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, uh, Renee has a case of shouty brain. Um, yes. And then if you put those both together, you get like no brain or like you know, possibly <laughs> yeah. quiet brain. Oh, that's the interference wait, waves. You're uh, saying each other out she's a noise canceling headphones of yeah. a brain. That's what yeah. she is. Yeah. Well, yeah. she'd have this to be in order to like go crazy. From Renee. I, I will say, if I have to say something nice about Edward, no, I actually you don't thought have that to. his observations about the mother-daughter dynamic between Bella and yeah. Renee was, yeah. was surprisingly astute. It like, is unsurprising to me that Stephanie Meyer writes about women her own age more compellingly <laughs> than 17-year-old superpowered vampires. Uh, yeah, this, this is this yeah. is fair, but I want to go back a second because I just I don't, we haven't actually said this, but the way she believes mind reading works the way she thinks that other that thoughts are oh boy is so weird i the idea that high school boys are walking around with fully formed sentences in order for Mm. all of their thoughts like Uh, narrative too they're forwarding the plot (laughs) i like wouldn't if you could read minds wouldn't it be so many more like pictures and zoning out and just like yeah. mishmashes of things and daydreams like there's not a single interesting version of thought reading that happens at any point in this book it's never like i was listening to these two people and this guy he was remembering a dream he had and it had kind of this ver- and then the the boss came in while he was at work and he was not wearing also, pants also if nothing else like being surrounded by the thoughts of teenage boys would also just make you alarmingly aware of your lack of boners right no like, kidding you also suddenly be like wow oh i am God. not as horny as pretty much everyone when mike when mike newton is like if we were dating i might do sex stuff with her and he was like what a cretin what a monster this kid is what a terrible influence haven't you been hearing nothing but thoughts about boners for the last four years unreal unbelievable so upsetting I think mind reading is fun, and the fact that you couldn't find anything fun about mind reading. This has ruined mind reading for me. I, this is like, this <laughs> oh, that was not a power. It was never good. And then it's also how Edward has most of his conversations, which must blow for the rest of his family. Because oh it's like, you're hearing him being like, okay, Esme, you're right, out loud. And then she's like thinking stuff at God him. She's, she's narrating her side of the conversation without speaking it's just it just seems so annoying like why can't they just talk normally yeah yeah Yeah. not to reinforce social norms but like two-way conversation out loud discourse has a role in our society you know yes yeah man it's so wild but again i didn't have a horrible time with this book here's the thing maybe this is like my stockholm syndrome But like we've done, we've done a lot of this, my dude. <laughs> I've done, yeah. Like we've done a lot of this, and we are very familiar with this story. And I do, I do think that there is something at the heart of this mythology that is interesting. Oh, absolutely. I like the world that I'm she creates is, is compelling. I, I really wish that other people were like mainstream exploring her mythology more because I don't think that her creations are necessarily vampires, as I would like term them in terms of like existing lore but they're an interesting 
creation. Yes. And like same with the werewolves, right? And like they're like ancient feud and like the Volturi, like all this stuff is really it is compelling. There's something those, cool about it. I think it. those things are and okay. Also, uh, the vampire the portrayal of vampires is so bad. It's so fun like the 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 ex- there is all this existing canon about vampires and the thing about vampires that's so interesting is that they are sexy and dangerous that the way they kill you is also similar to a sex thing. It's a neck kiss. Like they're 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 intimate in the way that they kill and he is just like and then they have weaknesses that make up for it and he's like I'm sexy but not in that way. I'm just like perfect terrifying ice statue sexy which doesn't make any sense and then also they're like alien and scary when you get close to them but also perfectly attracting which doesn't make any sense and then you can't kill them unless you're one of them so they're like only a diamond can cut a diamond so they're way too strong they're way overpowered and then they also get magic powers on like he's got all this other stuff and then he can also read but they're a little shy dude you know, they're, they're like they, they the do have weaknesses. They're just like they don't, they don't really want you to look at them too much. You know, they're, they're I, good at overthinking, and they're really good at overthinking. Like, yeah. I mean, I I agree, I agree both with you and with Sarah here. I mean, I think there's something compelling about these vampires. I think there's. I mean, all I'm saying is that the but, compelling parts are an accident. That's my point. Well, be that as it may, you know, compelling is compelling. I think the issue is my, like, especially in light of Midnight Sun, the problem isn't the lore of vampires in this world. It's specifically Edward Cullen. Is the (laughs) right? I mean, you specifically are boring. I mean, like, I've been um, coincidentally consuming a lot of vampire media recently, um, where, you know, that's watching what we do in the shadows, which is amazing. I love Um, that show. And and I started uh, uh, doing this, like, sort of, it's like a creative writing role playing game um, in these pandemic times called Thousand Year Old Vampire. And it's Mm. about kind of this idea where you're this vampire and you're writing this narrative history and things happen to you but you're only allowed to hold on to so much and it's really about the process of forgetting right and as you live a hundred years as you live a thousand years not what have you gained but what have you lost and how does that inform your character so if you have i don't know if you have a hundred year old vampire he can't possibly remember everything he used to have a family he doesn't remember them that's interesting yeah him being able to name every car isn't super not this like i was gonna say i'd like to hang out with alice or something but i just don't want stephanie meyer to write it because then there won't be any of the interesting parts yeah right then she's just enthusiastic all the time for almost no reason (sighs) yes yeah um all right we have to take a quick break thank uh a meat buddy and then we're gonna ramp up uh there it is All right, so this episode is brought to you, as always, by our fabulous Meat Buddies who join our Patreon campaign at Metreon.com. And we have a new Meat Buddy to thank today, uh, Liz, became a Meat Buddy recently. Liz, um, recently from Denver. So Liz says this, I've been a listener on and off for years, and I recently stumbled back into season three. I am loving Slightly Condescending Film School, and I have a hard time sitting through uh, I have a hard time seeing through movies, especially the subtitled ones, so it's a pleasure to hear you all discuss and argue without actually having to do the work myself. My family, which thank you, Liz. I'm so glad you like it. My family recently moved to De- Denver from Louisiana two weeks ago for my husband's job, I and I know you recently moved to Los Angeles, so if you'd like to offer any advice on uh, uh, acclimating to a new city, making friends in the time of COVID, etc., I would love that to be my segment. I love the podcast. Thank you for consistently making entertaining, engaging content. It's a welcome refuge from reality most days. 
Um, and I mentioned to Liz that we were going to be um, including this particular group this week on this this throwback episode. And she said, I'm super excited for the throwback episode. One of my favorite Read and Weep quotes of all time is Tanya during the Hunger Games saying about a character, she got Hunger Games again. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this I'm is one of those riffs that you have forgotten, but I loved it. I mean, I can uh, hear Tanya's voice in my head saying I know, that. can't you? I definitely remember that. And that is a thought that I, like, it's a thing that I can't, like most of our riffs disappear from my brain immediately, but I do remember Hunger Games again. Oops, Hunger Games again. Anyway, this is very fun. So, Thank you, Liz. So this is our appreciation segment. This is our we give you advice. Last week we gave advice on caribou hunting. Today, Liz is getting advice on moving to a new city. And I think it's especially cool because Ezra and I briefly worked on a podcast about this very topic. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, wow. remember? Yeah. Ezra and I were working on a show. We were working on a, po- a branded podcast that was going to be about making yourself at home in a new place. So I want everyone to jump in and contribute, but like how would you uh, what would you recommend for a person who just moved to Denver from Louisiana for her husband's job and is like trying to fit in, trying to make friends, trying to explore a new city? What is your guys' advice on exploring a new city? I know my first city? thing for sure. Yeah, what is it? Um, you get a library card. That's the first library thing. card. Yes, we did talk about that on that other show. Exactly. Okay. Oh, first order business what's library the thinking card. There? Uh, you know, I think it just it's sort of like your first official thing. Uh, like you get. Like, it's nice also because, like, say, if you have the Libby app, you probably hopefully still have your old library card as well. Oh, you can have multiple libraries uh, that are now open to you. I know. It's just like libraries are great. So it's a place where you can go in theory, uh, usually um, without uh, <laughs> having to buy anything or believe anything, which is really nice. I was you know, actually probably the other one of the other first thing you have to get a driver's license there. So my my recommendation for moving to a city is like get yourself some power bills as quick as possible. Because those driver's license people are real sticklers. We had the worst experience getting new driver's licenses where they were like, you need you need more pieces of paper now because of a, a rule about real IDs. And, and they were like, you need to be a medical thing. And then we brought the medical things from our insurance. And they were like, none of these have a dollar figure on them. So it doesn't count. Uh, like it was the most arbitrary and insane thing. Anyway, so get a lot of paper with your name on it. So library card. And power bills with your name on but, it. Are my, but are assuming basic infrastructure is, say, is taken care of. Let's say everyone's got power and the internet. What, what next? Well, no, I, so yeah. I'm saying like, I don't mean get power. I'm saying like, you are going to have to get a driver's license and it sucks. And so just be ready for getting more paper than you think you need for it. That's oh, That was sure. practical. Yeah. This is very real advice that I wish I had had. But in terms oh. of getting to know a city. In terms sure. of yeah, making it feel like a place you belong. Uh, I yeah. would say... Um, think about your interests and then see what the city has to offer in the way of that, which sounds very basic. But for example, if you're a person who really enjoys playing board games, see if there's a game store in your new city that does, or like a comic book store that does like game nights. If you feel comfortable socializing in those types of settings, this is again, assuming everyone's being safe and healthy, et cetera. Um, Or if you, I mean, that part like making friends in the time of COVID, I think you just, you just don't, right. You just lose, you just give up. No, I don't think so. I think you can still look for things online and most places will have some sort of online resources right now if they have a social component. I don't know how to make friends. Online cooking class from a local chef. Oh yeah, that is true. And we know some Denver chefs probably. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but probably. Or do we, uh, what's the, oh, what's the, uh, 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 only the good part of the French onion soup, the toast lady. Carrie? Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah. I bet she's got a. Bardo. Yeah. Yeah. D O U G H. Um, yeah. Uh, what else you guys got? 
this is become this is like actually like we're taking this one very seriously which we didn't with the caribou hunting but um so now i'm like kind of i wish i had a better thought well i know I more wish- about this than i do caribou hunting so that feels <laughs> not too surprising well if you sure haven't with a friend <laughs> Um, actually, maybe this is a good time. Then we'll bring in. We have a we have a very special guest joining us to add some some content to this segment. I thought for you, Liz, I would go above and beyond and get you an expert not on making friends in new cities during the time of COVID, but my sister lives in Denver. So joining us, uh, rejoining us on the program. Welcome back, Tess. Hi, everyone. Hey, dude. So you are you live uh, you split your time between Denver and the road, but um, when you are in denver do you have any like recommendations of people places things you should know cool stuff about denver well one of the things that uh, you guys were just talking about is the library and i don't think it's running right now but um in times of not covid the downtown denver library also has a maker space where you can um, work with someone there to do your own laser cutting and 3d printing and stuff for free um, so that's a really cool thing to check that out. That is cool. And and the key, the thing about libraries is that there's like so much more than just bathrooms there. Absolutely. But importantly, there are bathrooms. There are also bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> there but, are also bathrooms. They have it all. Bathrooms, <laughs> yeah. not bathrooms. What else could you want? Also look into a membership at your local modern art museum. Just saying. Yeah. So, and I know for a fact that one of them is open right now, um, the Museum of Contemporary Art, and it is small, and they are doing a real good job of being safe during COVID. And I like the last that one. That we went, um, it was it was empty. We were the only ones walking around, and it felt very very nice. And what's normal. the what's the uh, the the solo artist um, that has the big new like a couple years ago museum? Uh, so the, the MCA is has um, they pretty much have one artist to take over their entire building no but the guy who like they just got the whole collection but only if they'd build him a museum oh oh clifford still yeah there's a clifford, the clifford still museum still there too museum which is really good it's really really cool and the architecture is all based around his art and it's just it's super cool i like that i've been to a bunch of museums in denver and i like i like that selection a lot but yeah, the other modern art uh, the contemporary art is uh my favorite because it's so weird it's so weird um also it, the um uh do they or do they not have red pandas? That's a question that I thought was important oh, in the zoo. Good question. Um, right now, they actually sent their red pandas away a few, like, uh, maybe six months ago. So don't bother with the zoo is what so I'm maybe saying. Skip the zoo. Liz. Skip uh, the zoo. The, the zoo best animal of all time has been removed. Um, wow, but... speak for yourself. I stand yeah. a hippo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're big and they're funny. And they're shiny they and it's a safe hippo. way to look at them, which is I, rare. Yeah, because they really kill dangerous. you. I know it's Super crazy. Dangerous. I I like a I like a hippo too. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like a red the red panda is if we were doing like head to head matchups of animals, they would win. Yeah, um, not physically. I forget yeah. if <laughs> yeah, we've already talked about sure. this on on uh on the show, but I know we've talked. Some of us have talked about this in real life. Uh, favorite thing to do at zoos is to make up facts about animals and yes. say them aloud. <laughs> Near children, near children, but also like if you're looking to meet people, you know what what you need is someone to well actually the fact that you just said elephants can dunk, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I love talking about the vertical leap on yeah, that. That fence is ten feet tall because they've got an eleven foot vertical, and otherwise it would be too easy. <laughs> man, that's fun. Um, and yeah, you you can especially if you're like the one in front of the thing, like in front of the plaque, you can lean over to your person you're with and be like. Wow, did you know that they used to be able to fly and they don't now just because they don't want to? 
<laughs> just like, it's a great way to find you your it. people at a zoo. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, the thing about zoos right now, as far as COVID times goes, as far as places to go, um, the Denver Zoo, you have to do a timed pass, right? You have to do timed entry, and they also have, like, like they do the grocery stores. They have arrows for everywhere that yeah. you need to go. So and basically, so they, they made zoos better. There's yeah, fewer kids. And you can, it's so chill. It's a way better time for zoos. And the last time that we went, they also had um, borrowed a bunch of lifeguard chairs from wild, uh, like the, the water park. And uh-huh. um, they had just set those up around the, so to make sure that people were going in the right direction. And it was really cute. Oh, shit. What's the big water park just outside of town? Um, wet and wild, maybe? Is that what it is? <laughs> Every, Every water park dirty. sounds Every water park. <laughs> <laughs> wet and stuff. <laughs> the Adventure Zone had one called H2WO. That's yes, fun. I love that <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> I just, they all sound uh, fake. Yeah, all don't go dead. to dry. If it water on dry and wild, do not go there. It's going to real hurt. <laughs> no, that, oh, yeah, horrifying on your back. Active control. <laughs> uh, water Wet world out, uh, out in the suburbs. We went to a couple years ago, and they are not open currently. But man, that was a fun time. Um, I like that place. I, um, I might recommend uh, Nola Voodoo Tavern uh, if you're coming from Louisiana because uh, here's it's like a double win basically. Either you find like good food. Or you get to be judgy, which is also it's honorable. <laughs> That's true. Well, all the best breakfast places I've been in Denver have been Southern themed breakfast, so it's all going to be either a letdown or a great time. But yeah, Lucille's is so good. Oh, oh, oh. Um, um, um. What's my what's my vegetarian restaurant? Cityo City. Oh yeah, Cityo City. I love that place. That I love is that place. one of my favorite places. Um, that's super rad. Also, um, they have a nice bar and a very good beer selection. Yeah. And so they used to have a really good comedy show in the vegan yoga studio above them, but they don't anymore, so I can't help. But um, uh, anyway, telling me what used to be there. Um, what else do you got, Teresa? Um, I think that recently we've been doing a lot of bicycling around Denver, and we've found out that there are tons of really great bike paths. And so while the weather is still nice, um, I recommend going yeah. out on the trails. Um, there's, an app, there's an app called Strava that is that really pushes the like social aspect of bicycling. So it'll be like, Oh, this guy was doing the exact same ride, but way faster than you. And so you can, it's a good way to find fast boys. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Man, Larry tries harder than you. Thanks for the notification. Um, you friends, I, help it's, you. it's so funny that you mentioned that when, since the weather is nice, you, you, you guys, the weather in Denver this week is so bonkers. So it was over a hundred all weekend. Then Monday, it drops to like 90. And then Tuesday, 37 and snowing. Stop ah, it. Don't like yes, it. I know. It looks like a prank. It's the I craziest really thing I've ever seen. Really, what you should do is just go places and comment on the weather, and you'll probably make like 10 to 12 friends. I imagine everyone is talking about this. I, there's Very so true. much weather to talk about there. Um, also, you guys do cool rainstorms. You do like real yeah. intense lightning. I it got some serious good... electrical storms. Yeah. And then, um, uh, do you have like maybe one more secret for us about Denver? Um, so the there is a lot of talk about the Denver airport, and yes. there is some good art outside of it and also inside of it. But the there is a very large blue uh, horse sculpture outside of the airport that has yes. glowing red eyes. It's terrifying. And, um, the locals affectionately refer to it as Blucifer. Um, so Blucifer the horse—that is a pro tip. There is a rumor that it 
actually killed the guy who made the sculptor who made it as well, but I haven't actually confirmed that. Uh, <laughs> what we're saying is the <laughs> noting this is a great way to get to know the city and meet a lot of people. Yeah, well, it's fun to know the local rumors and such. Yeah, uh, also, one of them is that this horse, it's up in a bucking position. The sculptor was trying to ride it, fell off backwards, maybe. Maybe. Allegedly. And then Probably they also, not. they talk a lot about the airport being this, like, cra- there's crazy conspiracy theories around the airport as well. And there is yeah. there's a, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. A, tunnel, a tunnel system underneath the airport that originally was used for uh, what was supposed to be the best luggage system ever, and it sucked, so they stopped using it. Um, but it has also been rumored that it was built as uh, into bunkers by the lizard people. Yeah. So that is... That is so you, got, you got Blucifer the horse and lizard people living under the airport. Yep. So that's not going to help you make friends or get to know the city, but it's just, this is some things you have to know. So you don't feel embarrassed later when so when someone mentions Blucifer or the lizard people at the airport, you know what they're talking about. Yep. That's hard fought, hard won local knowledge right there. Yep. You now, are getting your sure money for you, it. Make sure that you check out the big blue bear at the convention center because it is super cute. Right. You guys have so many giant blue animals. What is the deal? Not sure. Um, I do like the blue bear. It's way friendlier than the terrifying blue horse. Um, he's just spying on everybody in the convention center. Awesome. Oh, yeah. He's like peeking in. I can't mm-hmm. tell if he's pushing it over or if he's like being a, a, a peeping bear. Mm, you think people want to disparage him? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I hope this is helpful to you, Liz. I hope you find your time in Denver uh, so lovely, except for the snow and the tornadoes. Um, and uh, I hope you make a couple of friends, possibly, as they whiz by you on bicycles <laughs> or as they go in the, as they overhear you making up facts at a zoo. So a lot of good options. Awesome. Thank you so much for helping out, Tess. I really appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for having and thanks- me. Thanks to everybody who becomes a Meat Buddy. Uh, you can become a Meat Buddy by going to metreon.com. And we appreciate all of your support of Read It and Weep. And now I need your final thoughts before we go. It can be a compliment. It can be an old, if you want to catch up in the old fashioned world, give us a compliment to leave the second half of a compliment sandwich, which I guess is an upside down pizza. If you think about it, um, Mm. or just one of your, or the other thing I thought about is since we've been doing this for 10 years and, uh, 10 episodes, how have, how has this changed you or how have you changed since it started? I'm open to anything. What are your last thoughts for uh, midnight sun before we go? Wow. I know it's a lot. Um, a big I ask. Mean, yeah. I mean, I'm an entirely different person than I was 10 years yeah. ago, pretty much. Uh, but, I, but you're like immortal I said, now, and I, I like that I about you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't um, I didn't totally hate this. Uh, I thank you all for going on this journey with me. I'm, I'm glad that she said that she's not going to do any more from Edward's perspective. Yeah, I'm done with yeah. his perspective, for sure. She did say she's going to um, do at least seven more books, right? In her life? I don't know. I mean, this is her money maker, right? Like, I don't blame yeah, her for wanting is, to go back to this world. This is her boat money, you know? Yeah, she... Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't Get know if it's actually armada. seven, but... Um, Two, I, she mentioned at least one article that I saw. Like, it said teased, but I think she means threatened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did see she was like, there's like seven more books that I have outlined or something crazy, so... 
that was the funny thing I think when I was like saw it was like twenty five hours like oh wow she's gonna do like all four in one that's like that's pretty cool like and I was like oh no when is she gonna get to the other three like oh no when she get to the other two oh no it's just this it's just this all the way down yeah isn't that scary yeah oh man um what well okay so if it's not from Edward's perspective what do we want to see what is left unsaid in this journey where do we want this to go. I really do want the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern take of just Jessica and Mike, where it's just like, just like, yeah, I had this one friend who like kind of went off the rails a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I guess I yeah, wanted she that went more to Phoenix and cannonballed through a hotel wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- I would still like to see. You know, it's been a little while since we talked about this, but I would still like to see the buddy cop show. Oh, mustache, mustache in the wig, where uh, Alice and Charlie mm-hmm. team up to solve some sort of Forksian crimes. Uh, mustache and the wig. Mm, it's been a nice. while. Would like that. Spot. This is good memories, you guys. Um, it's crazy yeah. that we've been talking about this for so long, and I. It does. It is interesting how much more joy we're able to find in bits and pieces of it, or maybe yeah. it's just what a joyful human uh, Sarah is. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, Everyone, come along with me on this ride. You'll have fun. <laughs> I really. I mean, I genuinely did have fun. I feel like. I guess. I think yeah. my my perspective on all of these cultural things has changed quite a bit. From, sure. From from way back when. Um, Say more about even that. including including Miss Meyer herself. Like I think, you know, I I think if any, it, well, hopefully my my empathy has grown substantially in this time. Mm-hmm. And also, in, in in terms of people's notoriety, I think you go from being like, who is this like gnat on my consciousness, to being like, oh wow, this is a whole person who's had an entire artistic journey and has you know suffered a great deal by becoming the most popular version of themselves, and like that that you know is really challenging and difficult and so i think putting this out as much as it is just sort of like a you know a money get is also a you know it's a brave step in a way and even looking at like the goodreads reviews for this book there are so many people Mm -hmm. who are very quick to say like twilight was pivotal to me and meant everything to me and i was so excited for this book and i'm so disappointed in this book and i think that would be really hard to hear over and over again yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean like as much as, at least for me, my my, I'd like to think my empathy has grown. I'd like to think I've learned some things about the world since we started this crazy read and weep journey so many years ago. It's it's still not good writing, you know. No, so, no, um, this is not total amnesty. This yeah. is just like yeah. a more human perspective. Yeah. And I, I, I do expect more out of out of romance. I think. I but. just want this. I just want to re- just echo what you're saying because I feel like one thing we talked about on the reread back, which is even now, is like. 150 episodes ago which is bonkers 150 but, years ago it feels uh, like. yeah mm-hmm. but it was like episode 400 um and we were in the 550s so yeah it was a while ago but when we read it the second time one thing we talked about was how there is a cultural tendency um to confuse books aimed at young women with being bad and that we for a yeah. time contributed to that toxic portion of the internet and i feel uh, a lot of guilt about that um, and I felt like in the last time we read this, like I had grown, I had an okay time rereading Twilight, um, whatever number of year, three years ago that was. Um, yeah. And this, I did not have fun. No, I tried so she's, hard she's, and I feel like it's because maybe the writing is not that great and it's well, possible that we were right. Zone, you know? Yeah, I feel I'm like sorry, she was, I feel like she's in her comfort zone because she's just 
being redundant. She's just doing the same well, thing again. That's what she does. But she's trying to assume the personality of someone yeah. that is kind of impossible to know. Yeah, as voice. much as she created Edward Cullen, I think she also created the the conditions for Edward Cullen to be almost impossible to write. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so for yeah. her, like having this this male perspective and this perspective of something something that's someone who's very cerebral, but in a way that doesn't really make like narrative or character sense. I mean, it it. it it, it's a chore to read, I, and I think we'd all probably agree with that. Um, I think it's 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 clear that it's been labored over. Yes. Despite not being edited, it's also been labored over. Like yes. You can tell that she worked mm-hmm. really hard to figure out how she thought he would sound or yes. what he would say to himself. Okay, fair. Yeah. But the, the effect is not compelling. Yeah, right. it's exactly. so, so no. not compelling. And, and she said it caused her a lot of anxiety, too. Yeah. I actually like looked into what she said yeah. about this, and I, I know that she's spoken a little bit about her manuscript being leaked before and how like awful that was for her and that is awful like i don't wish that on anyone having your like unedited work out there without your permission is a goddamn nightmare for a writer or for any artist really but like she said it was it this is she thinks of edward as an anxious character and writing this book gave her a lot of anxiety Mm. and and that's a real shame i mean she clearly did this as like a love letter to her fans the dedication at the beginning is to the young women she met at twilight conventions and it's actually really like Heartwarming. So I hope this kind of felt like a good, like exercising her demons type of thing for her, and and I hope that she can move on to something else and and maybe stretch her craft in a different direction because I, I don't think this is the most natural fit for her voice. Right. Like we're really? So generous of you. And on top of that, I have to say it's just fun to think about like. Robert Pattinson is the like certified weirdo he is today in her like newest incarnation. Like it's just great. Charlie's angels, Kristen Stewart with like the crazy haircut and this like incredibly dark and broody sense of humor. Like I just, I really, I enjoy that these, these stars became stars in the way that they did. And that this is like Mm -hmm. for some reason going to forever be a part of them. Like I, I, I liked, I liked, you know, reminiscing about that. These are yeah. such generous thoughts, and you guys are good people, and I feel more like I'm the Mike <laughs> Newton of this podcast. No, hey, listen, I like Mike Newton. I used to, yeah. and then in this Tyler new version, is, he sucks. Is worse than Mike by a lot. Tyler was always worse than Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I, I a relief, that, at least for me and the other Mike Newtons of the world. The I'm thing. Mike Newton truther, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know what you mean by that. Don't either. I mean, he deserves he deserves the world to know that he's a decent guy just trying to run a honest uh, family owned sport, sporting yeah, good. He's good. just a guy trying to go to high school and not get get his mind read, you know? Yeah, <laughs> not get his mind read and not get uh, ripped oh, to shreds man. by the numerous vampires. We, barely, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about that, but what an invasion that is if all high school brains were being read by somebody judging them. That's... That's worse than your manuscript I mean, leaking. That is this on social right now, aren't they? It's not that different. No, uh, for all... sure, you're thinking you're getting some thought process before it. This is so, man. I thought probably only bad things when I was 17. I just can't imagine if somebody else had those and was gonna think about me from that. Like the thing about here's the, here's the thing that sucks about reading minds is that I think something. It doesn't seem like it for if you've hung out with me on the podcast, but I sometimes think things I don't say. And that's like a choice that I get to make. There's a process there. And so if you hear me think it and I choose not to say it, instead of feeling like I'm bad for having thought it, you should be like, what an awesome gatekeeper he is of his own terrifying unconscious. Right? Fucking Edward being all up in my shit. Can I I 
Can I have a closing thought? Please. 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 Uh, so, so there's this Nelson Mandela quote that I like a lot, which is... Um, <laughs> nothing no, could be more appropriate. I love it. Thank you. There is nothing like returning to a place that remains unchanged to find the ways in which you yourself have altered. Um, mm. and I think to go back to this where it's like, this is a really weird thing that like I said yes to a weird request you had once, Alex, 11 years ago. <laughs> actually, I believe and you said this... no and then did it anyway. Okay. <laughs> That's actually even more point. I tried to get out of it repeatedly, if I remember. Um, you really to, did. To have this be a through line, like, and to have this sort of, like, kind of, yeah, like like a vampire, right? Like, unchanged, like, un- unaging, right? Uh, in the middle of it. Uh, and to sort of, like, feel yourself, like, you know, grow and uh, get older and, and have these, all these different life experiences. Um, and I think to also soften, yeah, towards the author uh, as well during that time is really interesting and different and, and, and strange. And so I guess it's like maybe the thing that, that I do rely on uh, Stephanie Meyer for is like to actually kind of be that that rock, I guess, of this thing that I still don't like. Uh, but but that I think that's kind of uh, in some ways a gift, I guess. It, like it's 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 interesting that like, you know, in the in the uh, after like acknowledgments uh, that she had in the audiobook, I think she read it herself. Uh, and you know, she talked that really this book had like really tormented her for the last 15 years. Um, and I admire someone who like basically like battles i guess uh you know for the you know, creativity even if it doesn't turn out the way they want especially if it doesn't turn out the way they want knowing there's like jerks like us who are uh you know like sort of sharpening knives uh and i think like to kind of go out there that that's um i don't know i have uh i think more respect now uh and so i think that's it's nice to see the ways in which I've changed, I guess, over these past years. I mean, I, I, I think that, yeah, I think that's very powerful. And I especially when I think back on our early catalog, when people ask me about the early catalog and like one of your meat buddy benefits is you can get the RSS feed that goes all the way back. And I tell people not to all the time. And it's because I do feel some guilt about how we were handling creative work early on as like creative people ourselves. It was a little heartless and I feel real weird about it. But the best part, and I, I think actually an appropriate quote here, this is from uh, Gandhi is that um, it's the friends you make along the podcast that really do it. Mm. And so that is the the key is that even when we were doing stuff that was weird and I feel bad about it and watching how we've grown, the most consistent thing is that it's still fun to hang out with y'all and talk about stuff, whatever it is. And I appreciate Gandhi, yeah. Gandhi should really get more credit for inventing podcasts for the record. I, it's <laughs> like, I don't feel like he invented it, but he popularized it as far as mm. I'm concerned. You know, he, he, he like made it good. Um, yeah. This is always fun to talk to you guys about something and I don't want to do another one of these and it ruined my birthday, but I do like that. It, this part, this is the part that I do enjoy. So thanks for <laughs> j- joining us on this journey into Edward's brain. And thank you at home for joining us, for listening along. I hope this was fun and not a slog. And I actually feel a tremendous amount of joy now knowing that I get to go listen to other things that I actually want again. Because the 25 hours of not getting to listen to other things that I had downloaded is such a bummer. So this is so open and exciting now. And we will be back again next week with a whole new episode and a new frame of mind. Next week, we're going to be talking about Thelma and Louise. So we're going to be returning to Slightly Condescending Film School, and then we're going to do what we do with every show is ask which character you are, you know, like I am Thelma, I think. So it's kind of exciting to know. And we'll, I guess it's not that fun when it's two characters, but I'm not definitely gonna, not going to go with Brad Pitt on that one. Baby Brad? No, I'm definitely Thelma. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I don't know. I don't know anything about this movie. I just know that there's two characters in the title. So that's what I came up with. Brad Pitt's in it. 
I guess it's just it's never a bad time to think yeah. about Gina Davis's face is yeah. what I want everyone Gina to know. Davis, man. Gina Davis, well, sculpted by heaven. I can't wait now. Okay, now I'm super excited about it. So that is next week. If you want to send along your thoughts on Midnight Sun or on the journey you've gone with us, um, you can send them to podcasts at read-weep.com. And thank you to all our meat buddies, especially Liz, who's having a great time in Denver right now. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you as things continue to be good. Keep, keep in touch. And thank you so much for hanging out with me, Ezra. It's always good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, uh, Tanya, thanks for coming in. Of thanks course, for doing it. Uh, I, uh, I just hope no matter, no matter what happens to you as things go on, you're not Hunger games again. <laughs> I won't be Hunger Games again. <laughs> thanks for being here, Chris. It's of great course. talking to you, buddy. And Sarah Hathaway, thanks for tricking us into doing this. Hey, my pleasure. And as penance, um, I would like to recommend my favorite vampire book to everyone. I'm sure I've recommended it on here before. It's called Sunshine by Robin McKinley. Just look mm. it up and be delighted. It's my favorite book maybe ever. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in. Excellent. All right. Well, and if, if you guys want more of Chris and Tanya and Ezra and Sarah, you can listen to our spinoff podcast, Pack Your Mics where we are currently re-watching season 10 of Top Chef and talking about that each week. Um, so if you if you like our voices and our stylings and are not, uh, uh, even if you're not watching the show, you just like to hear us talk. That is an option. Um, but also Top Chef is fun. You should t- you know, watch that too. Okay. Anyway, that's available. Pack your mics uh, on your podcast app. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Pshh.